Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about hiring a trade contractor to be a production manager with the help of special guests August Bergdahl and Emily Burrell of Crescent Builds in Seattle, Washington. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. Once again, if you have ideas, send them in. Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. So, business is booming, companies are growing, and one of the questions that I get asked quite often is, where can I find a good production manager? And so, we've been exploring this in a lot of different ways. Uh, In a recent episode, we spoke with Charles Boucher of uh, Niels about how he became a production manager for a remodeling company coming from the automotive factory world. We discussed the differences and the similarities in the roles that he was playing. The big similarity was process, developing process, process, process. I know of another company uh, in Nashville area that hired a practical nurse as their production manager. And so I'm kind of looking forward to, as I get to know this person a little bit better, maybe getting them on the show as well and just kind of seeing like, how does that play out in life? And it's just a difficult role to fill. And so we're going to keep looking at how do companies do this? How do they fill those roles? So today's focus is on filling that role from the trade contractor background. And, um, So I had this idea several years ago when I did a little survey of people, particularly as it related to project managers, and I found out that fairly good number of project managers have been hired out of the trades, but I'd never heard of it for a production manager. And so um, I wanted to get uh, Emily and August on because I know that they've hired somebody from a trade And I think what's really fun about this is that if you're a listener of this show, uh, you've heard their production manager on here a couple of times. He was on uh, talking about 3D imaging, and he was also on talking about lateral service goals, which I thought was a fascinating discussion. So we're going to have a great time just talking about Ned and how he got involved with uh, Crescent Build. So let's go ahead, Steve. Let's get started. Let's do it, Tim. So August Bergdahl is the founder, chief growth officer, and a principal of Crescent Builds, a Seattle-based residential construction and remodeling firm. August started Crescent Builds in 2007 and has been leading sales, growth, and business development from the start. He currently leads the sales team and is focused on the growth and success of Crescent delivered through relationships, analytics, and new opportunities. Emily Burrell is the CEO and Prince principal of Crescent Builds. Emily joined Crescent in 2009 after a career in corporate project management. She previously led Crescent's design and development group and moved into the CEO position in 2021. She's currently developing deep leadership within the Crescent team, establishing processes, controls, 
and systems for the health and resilience of the firm. Welcome to the show, August and Emily. Thank you, Tim and Steve, for having us. Yeah, we're very happy to be here. Thank you. All right, just so our audience can get an idea of uh, what kind of company you have, give us a little rundown on the type of work you do, the staff that you have, that sort of thing, so we can get a handle on what, what you guys are and who you are. Great. Uh, thanks, Tim. Oh, so we are a full-service uh, residential construction and remodeling company in Seattle. Uh, we focus on uh, custom projects only, uh, primarily remodeling. Uh, we work with clients uh, on various size projects, everything from small bathroom remodels to whole house uh, re- renovations and second-story additions and bump-out additions. Uh, we also do service work. Uh, so we do have a, a service manager who manages smaller uh, service-type projects as well. Yeah, and uh, we are also we're a, we're a full design build firm. So we that means we do provide um, full services. We like to um, consider ourselves a company that is able to cater and custom what we provide to clients individually based on their needs. So we have um, in-house staff uh, as well as some outside network uh, partners to support a full from conception through the end of build design builds. We also work and partner with architects uh, and their clients or clients and their architects to uh, support the architectural vision and then also provide interior design. And then we also are here just to provide um, singular contractor services when a project is designed 100% outside. Um, We are about, we're a staff of, I think right now, around 23, I want to say. And that is split between our field staff as well as our in-house. Great. Okay. So August, give us an idea, like, when do you think you needed a production manager? What was the mindset, the thinking? How long was it in, in the mindset before anything really happened? Right. Yeah, you know, it really was, it came along um, very early on in the in the organiz- within the company, and it was really part of the organizational structure early on. Um, when when I started the business in 2007, uh, it was in a carpenter, and then that grew, and um, and we had a, a, I really wanted to focus on the sales and the business development side, which really forced me to have a production manager, somebody focused on production. And when Emily joined in 2009, the way we divided responsibilities at that time was I was still doing sales and business development. We had a production manager and then Emily was focused on development and uh, design. So it was kind of design and project development ahead of the production phase. And that really worked well uh, for our size at that time. Um, we then had an opening in that production manager position, I want to say around 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. And it took a couple of years for us to refill that position. It took about a year for Emily and I to really work through the visionary uh, structure of the business in, in a kind of current form. And it took us a, a year to fill the, the, that, that role. And over that time, we had a, a various candidates that came up and we, we kind of looked at different, different opportunities but then really we, we found an opportunity within our own resource of, uh, of a trade contract that we had been working with for about seven years at that time. And uh, we had a conversation with Ned. Okay, great. Great. Emily, you want to comment? Yeah, I mean, I think just to further on the, the year it took to find the person, I mean, A, just 
in the visioning of figuring out how that role really fit into our company at the time and how it fit into what we saw for the company moving forward. And the other thing was just, you know, I think to your point, Tim, it's, it's just a really hard position to fill because the knowledge base that they need to support and have in terms of what happens out in the field and how things are constructed, how things are built, as well as having a person that your company really, that, that your employees really buy into and also reflects you as a company out in the field. It's, 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 it's difficult. So we had talked to a few um, senior PMs. We had talked to people who had done production management for smaller companies and it just, no one ever really felt like the right fit. Um, and then it was just good timing with Ned and, it was sort of an embrace the adventure moment for all of us. <laughs> well, I know Ned enough to know that I'm sure it's an adventure. So, um, <laughs> so I, August, you mentioned uh, you changed, I think you said you changed your visionary statement or, or so how, how did that idea of a production manager change with a little different vision. Did I understand that right? Is that is that what you said? It sounded like you had an idea of what a production manager should be, but then as your vision changed, that vision for that role changed as well. Is that right? You know, I, I don't know if it was so much the, the, the role changed. I think we had a pretty clear sense. I think it was more around the vision for the business and kind of how, what that next growth kind of step in, the growth trajectory for Crescent Bills was at the time. Emily, correct me there. I mean, what, did we really, did we, did that change for the, for the production manager? I think something we realized through um, the separation from our, our previous production manager, interviewing other potential candidates and talking to them, realizing that they weren't fits. So it's sort of that, you know, re, reassessment of what's important for that role. Um, right. Because if it wasn't, just having somebody with all those skills and all that carpentry knowledge and we were looking for something bigger, what were, what were those attributes? And then sort of shifting what we wanted to be more about those attributes, about you know, what that, how that person works, what their values are, what their processes are, how they deal with people, organization, um, more of those skills and maybe a little less focus on how good of a carpenter they are. Yeah, so That's let's very jump, true. Yeah, let's yeah, jump I, into that. Let's uh, let's go through that list again because I think that's a really that's kind of what I was shooting for when I was asking the question. What are what were those things that you were looking for that are sort of outside of that I can build a house kind of thing? Uh, I mean, I think that I the what, what's I guess what's important to us um in that role is the ability to 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 lead a team um, and, and inspire a team. Um, I think the organizational skills through the chaos of production and the ability to manage and prioritize the various uh, responsibilities that kind of come in that role, I think is also something that, was, that we realized is, is something that's really needed because there's so much going on and there's so many demands and having the ability to prioritize what's important today um, in order to move production forward effectively and efficiently um, is also really important to us. Emily, you want to comment? I mean, I think that's, you know, that covers it. It's in the, the management skills in terms of people as well as in terms of process. 
Um, client interaction, success with client relationships is so huge in that role. Um, the ability to inspire a team, um, the ability to, and the openness to learn and grow and be part of a company that is growing, which is, it was a, that was a big thing for us as well, because we were, we were growing. And so we needed somebody who was going to kind of come up along with us. Yeah. Um, integrity, creativity, those are the kinds of things that, um, we just started gearing towards, um, for that role. Okay. So you know, this painter, right? You've known him for about seven years. What was it in your interaction with him as a trade contractor that even, that even got you thinking that this, this might be a good fit? Why? Cause like I said in the intro, I haven't met anybody that's done this before, and maybe that's out. Maybe there's more out there that I just haven't met. But what what got you thinking that Ned might be the guy? What what are some of the things? Because um, anyway, let's just go with that. Let's let's just jump right in there and talk about that. You know, do you mind if I start, August? No, go ahead. Um, I think you know. I think that. The reality is, is Ned was more than just a painter when he came to us. Um, he, he wasn't just a painter. He was a business owner. He had his own team of people that he managed. Um, he was a painter, so his company was a painting company, so his projects were smaller in terms of scope, but they were still projects that needed to be um, scheduled, that had to be scheduled against each other, that if he had four going on and he had issues at two places, how does he prioritize? How does he troubleshoot? Um, so he's dealing with a lot of the same things on a smaller scale that he would be doing as a production manager. Um, and then I think, oh, and also customer interfacing is, is a huge thing. And uh, we had worked with Ned for how long, August, before we hired him? Um, I, think I think it was like six, seven years. Six or seven years, yeah. So we had been working with him for a long time. And the reason why we continued to work with him was his attention to detail, his quality of work, his... Um, management of his people and just sit, sticking to schedules and being on time and being there. Um, but honestly, like his ability to interact with clients and help us with client interactions at that time in our project was huge. Um, and our team had a lot of respect for him as well. So he was already sort of a part of our team. Um, and, and that just made, you know, an easy integration of considering him for this type of role. August? Um, I, you know, I think that, you know, what's really important to us, it, it, you know, in a lot of aspects of our, of, of our company is relationships that we create with, with not only our clients, uh, but in our employees, but also with our trade contractors. And I think, you know, establishing a really solid network of trade contractors that we rely on, we build relationships and it's not just about this project, but it's, it's about how, how's your daughter doing, you know, how, how's that hard Hard, hard problem that you had, you know, last month. How did that ever turn out? Having having that type of relationship also allowed us to really get to know Ned at a deeper level than than it just being a painting project, um, which allowed us to have the type of conversations that led us to be able to offer him a position. Very, very cool. So, what what kind of preliminary took place in terms of this hiring? So, you're getting to meet. You know this guy. You know him from. The work that he's done. Uh, did did you guys get together and say, "Hey, let's interview him"? Or how did it actually take place right. that he went yeah. from being a trade contractor to being a an employee of the company? Like the light bulb. 
What was right. the light bulb? It was, there was a bit of a light bulb moment, actually. Um, you know, so Ned and I, we were, um, he knew that we were trying to hire for a production manager for that year that kind of took us, you know, and I think I was just kind of like, you know, we were in a conversation. I was kind of venting to him about, oh, you know, we're just having a hard time. You know, we offered it, to, you know, we offered this guy a position. It didn't really work out. We're still looking. And, and then he, over the course of time, had been kind of venting about his struggles of being a business owner and being a small business owner and, and, really needing to either you know and, and when you're a trade contractor like that you either need to you need to grow to get out of the responsibility or you need to to stay as a small contractor and just be okay with that and he was at a point where he really needed to either grow his business or be okay with just doing everything and uh, and he wasn't really didn't want to do that um so, so we kind of i was i was kind of venting about this process and the struggle he was venting about you know, the struggles of being a business owner. And I was like, I, mean, I think, I think both of us just kind of like, what about maybe, uh, what if, what if we were to, what if you were to come on board as production manager? And it really, it was a bit of a light bulb moment. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. so it really does help to get together and just complain about life a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're both, we're both small business owners. So I think there was, you know, there was some, I think there was some, uh, there was a relationship built around that too, you yeah. know, in a lot of ways too. And then I think, you know, I was like, well, Hey, let's, let me chat with Emily. Let's go back. So then Emily, what did, what did happen from there? I can't remember. Um, I think I was, a, I was, a, I don't know. It was funny. I was a little, okay. Ned. Yeah. All right. It was just because it was such a out of the blue thing. Um, right. we had never spoken about that. It seemed a little out of the box. Um, but uh, then we had, I think we had two follow-up discussions with Ned where we met. And it was really because we all knew each other and we all had respect for each other and we knew each other's businesses. It wasn't that kind of, I got to get to know who you are. It was more of a, let's explore how this can work and, and, and what this would look like and, and how we would move forward and how you would learn all the things you need to learn and how we, how we would support you through that. It was more discuss having these open discussions of what it would look like to make sure that at the end of those discussions we were all sitting around the table and nodding our heads and feeling good at moving forward which we all did so we 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 gave it we gave it a chance okay uh, so i i've talked with a lot of business owners that have tried this with a you know a small carpentry business and then they they go like oh they have their own business they've They've got to know, you know, how to make a profit. They've got, you know, da 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 da, and then they bring them in as a production manager or as a project manager, and they fail miserably. And that's been my experience with the conversations more than what you guys have experienced. So I guess maybe we're going to say the same thing over again. But how did you know? How did you know this was going to work? Or maybe how did you make sure it worked? Maybe that's a better question because it sounds like you had that mentality that said it wasn't like, oh, let's see what happens. But you said, we're going to make sure this works. So what did you do other than those two conversations just to make sure that Ned came on and it worked for you because you saw value in other places? You know, I think, I, I mean, to start, I think there's always a little bit of it could have failed. Um, that's, you know, that's the way it works. And, and to, to take risks mean you have to accept that something might fail. Um, but taking risks is what leads to 
um, amazing success sometimes. So August is much better at taking risks than I am. So what, what's, the, what's the statement that um, uh, uh, the fate favors the, the people who take chances or something like that? There's a, I, I forget. Yeah, I can't, I can't remember it either. But yeah, I mean, I just think that being creative is one of our core values. Um, and, and this was a moment of creativity. And sometimes with creativity, you fail miserably and you pick up the pieces and you move on. And sometimes you have great success. And, and just in this case, it worked out that way. But I mean, I think obviously we needed to be strategic in how we moved him into the position um, and how we supported him into the position. So it was, you know, it, it was a combination of, um, a lot of interaction. It, it wasn't a, okay, Ned, great. Off you go. Have fun out in the field, be successful or, or, or we'll be angry. It was, you know, a lot of conversations. It was daily touch base. It was um, reviews of how something went and talking about how we could do it better. We, um, Ned was, you know, one of my favorite terminologies. He was sucking from the fire hose. I mean, he was learning so much all the time. And he's the kind of person who loves that. He, he thrives on growth, personal growth and learning. And so that allowed for him to, to, and I mean, you know, Ned, he moves a million men, miles a minute. So he's, yeah. you know, he's all over it. He's just so energized. So, um, but the raining was, that the raining that end was also like a big part of it is because he yeah. wants to move, he wants to move faster than, <laughs> than what really, you know, what we really want, you know, it's like, whoa, let's slow down. Let's like the growth trajectory needs to be, um, tempered. And I think that part of that was like, was raining in, we had pretty tight controls on the business when we brought him on and we needed support immediately with our production staff. So, okay, great. So you take on this work. And then as we, as you get more comfortable with that, we're going to free up, we're going to we're going to open up this lane and give you more opportunity to take more financial controls of the project or, or whatever it was, you know, in the various aspects of the business that now he, now he takes on or, or again, the various, various actions of his role. So before Steve uh, gets a question in here, how long do you think, it was from when he first started to where you really said, you know what, this is, this is going to work. And, and you didn't have as tight control on it as if you will. Is there a I, time frame? I, you know, I would say there's a bit of a difference between like knowing it was going to work and being able to let go of the reins a bit more. I guess that's what I mean, letting go. Right. Those were really different. I think knowing it's going to work clicked in pretty early. I think it's just, right. It, we I, we felt it pretty early on in the first few months of him being there, but over the course, I might be too conservative. I mean, it may have even taken what a year or so yeah, for just like yeah. full roping out um, of of him taking on this role. And it's I mean, it's it, it's not he's completely autonomous and is doing a great job. But there's always a little bit of that for all of us, right? I mean, we're all we're all constantly learning. Um, but I think something that was really important for specifically bringing a non-carpentry, non-builder in in that role was that he had a lot of support from above, from people he reported into in terms of what's the project, full project process, and you know what are the details of construction. August is officially our construction guru here at um, Crescent Builds, and, and his knowledge base is so deep, so he had that support. And then also 
underneath him as well as he had skilled carpenters and knowledgeable people working in the field. So as he was learning the details of all of that, he was in this like support sandwich from above and below in terms of the stuff that he didn't have. So he could learn that while he was using the skills he already had running a successful business to help us move our projects forward. Yeah, th this is awesome. I mean, uh, this is a great podcast because I think that preparation and continual improvement is what you guys had going on. It gives you the ability to take advantage of opportunity. And that's what this is here. Now I closed a small business, uh, kind of had my own light bulb moment and it took me, uh, the a full year to close down. So once Ned decided that you had the other hurdle of Ned has to close a business in right. order to start. So how did that process work? I mean, you know, you make the decision, but then he's got to unwind. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, like, so we, when, we, when we, we had those meetings and we kind of worked it out and then we offered him a position and then I think it was like, okay, you're going to start in six months. I, mean, I think it was like a, a, a four or six month window where he was going to start winding down his business. And he was able, he was in a good position where he had a good project lead um, with his company that, that he was able to pass the business on to. So he worked out some deal with, uh, with his project lead and that company is still in existence and we still work with them. So. Huh. Yeah, yeah, they're still, they're still, they're, they're still uh, one of our painters. Yeah. So. I was just going to ask, how'd you replace your painter? It's hard to, <laughs> <laughs> to find, <laughs> find good training. <laughs> we yeah, we keep leader and we keep the company at the same time. It was perfect. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what, what, um, uh, you already mentioned that your project managers did were supportive. Was there any resistance to having somebody in that position that did not have as much construction knowledge as your project managers? Well, we did know with bringing on um, a new production manager that we may see some fallout in the field and we may see some transition. Um, and we definitely have seen that over the course of okay. the three plus years that we've, that he, Ned's been here. I mean, really at this point, Ned has his team. Like before right. it was, it was our team that was there and, and some of those members are still here, but it's like, but, but ever really, everybody's really bought into the leadership. Ned and, and as the production manager, um, I don't. I wouldn't say that we had any like initial like fallout. Like I think that um, I think we did see a project lead move on, um, but I don't think that was by any means Ned. I think it was just a natural progression of the company. Yeah, because that seems to be one of the major fears that companies have is that is that you know my guys aren't going to support this, and I I just wondered how it how it all. Uh, how it all went. Of course, it seems hard knowing Ned a little bit. It seems hard to, that people would not like him, you know, right. just from his personality and the way he comes across and that sort of stuff. And so it just He's already like been on the show twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a like I mean, I actually think that um, the fact that the that our team knew him and knew his work ethic, um, liked him because he's a likable human, knew how he worked with clients. I think it was easier to integrate him into that role as a known entity than some of the other people that we were kind of maybe considering and, and exploring around. That was one of the biggest concerns is how are we going to get our team to buy into this person that, that we don't even know that we buy into yet. So um, there was that, that was actually, I think, made it a little bit easier. Now, this may be a little bit too personal a question, but any fears of him heading back out on his own? <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I'm, only, I'm only asking because again as a, yeah. a lot of business yeah. owners will go yeah. like oh no i'm not oh no no because they're just gonna take everything i have and not the work but take all this knowledge that i have and just go out and start their own business again yeah i i you know i think ned's business was pretty successful where it was he was successful at what he did and he really was he made a personal choice Okay. that he didn't want to be in isolation anymore. I think that was a big thing for him is that right. even though we had a team of people, he was doing all of it. He worked seven days a week and he had no balance and he made a choice. He was like, I want weekends and I want people that I work with and people I support. So I don't see there's any risk at all of him leaving, but you know, if he did, then that would be life. And, and right. you, you pick up and you find someone new and you move forward. All right, so we're going to start winding this down. This has been amazing, uh, just fantastic. But I'm just kind of wondering, is there any like lessons learned, so to speak, that you might be able to share with listeners to say, definitely do this and maybe definitely don't do this or something <laughs> like that in case somebody is saying, hey, I, I've got a trade that I, you know, I really like. We've been working with them for years and they may be the perfect person. What might they you know, kind of in a nutshell, what would be something that they should pay attention to, I guess, would be the way to say it. I think I, Emily said it earlier, but I think someone who's really willing to, to grow and challenge themselves in order to, to elevate and, and be really open to that, that is a must because you must be open to, to challenges and, 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 and failures. <laughs> you know, you, you're not, and that was part of the thing, like as Ned came on, it's like, like he knew that if he made a mistake, we would still support it was like great, great let's learn from here and let's move forward and how are we going to do this in the future and, you know we um you know we rephrase it uh, uh you know within our companies we don't make mistakes it's a it's a it's an opportunity for you know for for for, for growth you know so um i think support conversations a lot of conversations but having that ability to to grow is, is a must okay emily you want to chime in here um yeah i mean openness would if I was going to give one word, that that would be it. There, there has to be open lines of communication. Um, trust is a huge thing. Um, your production manager is they're so there's such a key linchpin in the whole operation, and the trust and the open communication is is huge. And you know, I think if somebody is out there and they're considering the same thing and they're worried about taking the jump, I mean, again, it's it's what do you have to lose by at least exploring it in conversation? So having those intro conversations, thinking about the things that really matter to you, thinking about the things you really need in your business and for your team and seeing if that person can provide that. Oh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much guys for taking a little bit of time out and sharing this information. And um, we're going to keep up with you, obviously. All right. uh, Please do. Hope to see Excellent. you soon. Thank right. you so much. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank Take you. care. Take care. Right. So, Tim, as a uh, as a recap here, um, this is just you know I, I loved having Ned on, and I love to hear his origin story. You yeah, know, like great superheroes, they have an origin story, and um, you know August and Emily just fantastic, and the company that they've put together and created, and it gave them the ability to to be a part of a situation like this. You know, they prepared their, they have a motto of improvement. And so Ned comes into the picture and they get to take advantage of this opportunity. 
faith being and, and fate being the, the big piece of this, because it could have, you know, obviously not worked out tremendously. Right. But, um, you know, this is I, I think this just is an excellent way of it's not it is what it is. It's opening right. people's eyes to thinking outside the box, get away from the comfort zone. Uh, you know, great things happen when you take chances. And this is really an example of that. It was calculated, but they took a great risk. So I think a couple of big things that came out to me was they, they thought ahead and said, it's not about the skills. It's about the one, two, three, four, five personality traits, the ability to get along with people, the ability to build, you know, teamwork, the ability, all these kinds of things. And then I'm sure they didn't say it out loud, but I'm sure they said the rest of it, we can teach them. And then the other thing that I really want to emphasize is you heard both August and Emily say it took about a year before they let go of the leash, so to speak. And I, I know that in many cases, the failure occurs because the business owner is so glad to have somebody that they'd say, go for it. Hands off they the kinda, wheel. They very quickly drop the reins Mm -hmm. And people fail because of that. And so I just want to emphasize those two things. Look at the personalities, not their technical skills, but also then be ready to onboard somebody for a six-month period at least and possibly a year. And then it will work, you know, if you, if you take some time to do those kinds of things. Yeah. Well, this was really fantastic. We enjoyed having Emily and August from Crescent Builds on today. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, on The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate, eh, it is what it is, from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.